0: Happy New Year Trailblazers, it's Jesse, and it's time for the first episode of the Trailblazing in Agriculture podcast in 2021. I'm so excited that you're joining me on our journey to chronicle the stories of the agriculture industry's pioneers and innovators. The new year is often a time for setting goals for the coming year, and after you listen to this episode I'm confident that you'll be inspired to set some new goals for yourself. Hannah Esch is a recent college graduate, business owner, and agriculture advocate. She launched her business Oak Barn Beef three years ago as a sophomore in college. That's right, in addition to balancing college classes, organization involvement, and just being a normal college kid, she launched a business selling farm-raised beef directly to consumers, which has flourished despite the challenges 2020 threw her way. In today's episode, Hannah shares how she launched Oak Barn Beef, discusses how her involvement in the University of Nebraska's Ingler Entrepreneurship Program helped her gain valuable skills she needed to be a business owner, visits about the challenges she overcame in 2020, and shares why transparency is so important in her business. Welcome to the Trailblazing and Agriculture podcast, Hannah. I'm so grateful that you're able to join me today. Ah, thank you for
1: having me on. I'm really looking forward to our conversation.
0: As we kick off this episode, Hannah, can you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, your background in agriculture, and your business, Oak Barn Beef?
1: I grew up in more of an urban area in Colorado, just 40 minutes uh, north of Denver, until I was 13 years old. So we had eight acres out there where we just had our show cattle, and it was always so fun to bring out my friends from school who had never really been around cattle and kind of show them that side of things so i think that's where my uh passion for agriculture and teaching about agriculture really started and then when i was 13 my parents um and my family moved to nebraska which is where my parents are originally from and we Kind of expanded our cow herd at home. We used to have a ranch that was farther away. So it was really fun to actually be able to live on the ranch and do the day to day things with the cattle. And what we mostly did was embryo transfer and just had a recip herd. So producers would pay us to put in their embryos and then those calves would go back to them uh, around weaning time. And then the calves that didn't or the cows that didn't take an embryo we would breed with our own genetics. And then that would be what we would sell like for beef a lot of the time. So um, my dad and my family business really got me started in selling beef. But when I was in college, I was an animal science major and a minor in the angler agribusiness entrepreneurship program at the University of Nebraska. I really had an entrepreneurial itch. So my dad and I started selling that beef more in smaller bundles and and trying to hit more people who couldn't just buy a whole or a half or a quarter of beef. And then eventually I ended up taking that over. and That's how Oak Barn Beef was born. So Oak Barn Beef uh, ships Family Farm Nebraska beef directly to consumers across the United States.
0: What a unique story just to talk about how you grew up raising the cattle and then how you launched that business and how it has grown Hannah. And I'm excited to dive into a little bit about that. You launched your business in 2018, I believe when you were a sophomore in college, it was a few years since I've been in college, but I know that there's <laughs> a lot of demands when you're a college student. So I guess I'm curious, how did you balance being a college student and a business owner at the same time?
1: Yeah, that was fun. I think the biggest thing was just trying to prioritize every single day. So if I had a big, let's say animal science test coming up, I would be studying for that. And then the other days when I didn't have as much going on really putting all the effort I could into building our website and some of those things. So some days I wouldn't say I balanced it well. Some days I would say it was okay. So, but I always tell college students that's the best time to build a business if you're interested in it, because not only do you have kind of a lot of free time, you know, but you also have a lot of mentors and people who are willing to help you out because you're a college student. So it's a huge plus.
0: Absolutely. Taking advantage of the the resources that you have available to you, certainly. Mm-hmm. So you talked about having this kind of entrepreneurial spirit or, you know, kind of always wanting to do that, but was when you went into college, was starting your own business always something that you had dreamed about doing or what really made you say, yep, selling farm-raised beef directly to consumers is is what I want to do?
1: I wouldn't have called myself an entrepreneur or I would never have thought that I would start a business by the time I graduated from college, so that was kind of a surprise, but my senior year of high school I interviewed for scholarships with the Angler Entrepreneurship Program and I mean, once I dipped my toe in that, I think I was all in on on wanting to be an entrepreneur and learning about kind of like the outside of the box thinking. And the Angler program was so good about that because they really did like hands-on learning instead of just writing business plans and classes or more of like the logistical and technical things. So my freshman year of college, Dr. Tom Field had given us $50 for our team to go start a business. So whatever whatever we could start. And my team started a dog walking business and I don't think we walked a single dog. So i <laughs> uh, learned some from that. Uh, but I think just the hands-on learning really got me to want to start my own business. And then my aha moment, it was my sophomore year. I was the Nebraska Beef Ambassador through the Nebraska Cattlewoman. And I had the opportunity to travel across the state and even country at one point and just try to teach people about beef, where it comes from, um, the concerns that concerned consumers may have about it and talk through some of those things. So when I was, I believe at the Nebraska State Fair and the Birthing Pavilion, A third grader from a rural community had told me that eggs come from cows because they're next to the milk in the grocery store. And just talking through that conversation and stuff, I I really knew that I wanted to put a face to the farmer and create a connection there. But some of my other conversations also led like wanting to put a positive face to the farmer with some of those other conversations with like concerned mothers who have seen bad stuff on social media. So by showing like a more positive face on my Instagram as much as I can, or even a more unfamiliar face, people don't think as a a 21 year old little blonde girl as being the farmer sometimes. So that's kind of what drives me is creating that connection and education.
0: Yeah. And that's really neat. And I obviously like with your business, you have that opportunity, like you said, via social media or whatever you're doing, you really do have a great opportunity to use that as a platform to, to address some of that misinformation or just tell people, like you said, that third grader, that's not actually not where eggs come from. And and so what a great opportunity for you to use that platform to promote the ag and beef industries, Hannah.
1: Yeah. And it's a, it's really challenging too, to kind of take on some of those bigger topics. And that's something I'm still really working on is trying to advocate for those. But I'd say the way I've been trying to do it mostly is just showing like day-to-day operations and Hey, like this is what most farmers or ranchers do every day to take care of their cattle and some of those things, but all, all covering of the topics are really important, but I'm just still learning a lot
0: about that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. You know, we hear a lot about farmers and ranchers, like you need to tell your story and you need to do that. But I think a lot of times they just, we don't know where to start, right? Like we don't know, how do you get started doing that? Do you have advice, Hannah, for how to be maybe vulnerable? Maybe that's not the good word, but transparent about the things that you're doing. I mean, you're just very real with the things that you share and the things that are going on in your day-to-day operation.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. It's It's the first step is the hardest and trying to it's really hard to talk to a camera and and explain the process as you're doing it. And once you get used to it, it gets easier and easier. So I think my advice is just to start doing it and then learn as you go and just make a timeline, basically, like commit for a while and and continue doing it. And then that way you can't really stop when you feel uncomfortable. A big challenge I have is when we're actually like trying to work cattle and stuff, I really can't be on my phone. So I try to do that other, at other times too, when it's kind of less of a high pace environment or anything like that. That way I can do both.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly have to be realistic about what you can do when you're in the actual uh, knee deep of it going through some of Yeah, It's not really realistic to have your phone out showing people what you're doing while you're trying to close gates and all of that stuff <laughs>
1: right might get a little muddy and yeah the-
0: <laughs> Well you've talked um, quite a bit about the Angler Entrepreneurship program which you were a part of when you were at the University of Nebraska, Hannah. For people who maybe aren't as familiar about it, tell us a little bit about that program, how you got into that program and how it really has helped you with your business.
1: This is one of my favorite topics. <laughs> so Paul Angler is the founder of the Angler Entrepreneurship Program which is at the University of Nebraska, but he has donated a lot of money to other colleges as well too. His goal is to basically revive rural communities. So he believes that by empowering college students in entrepreneurship and ones that want to return to those rural communities, they're going to take these businesses with them to back to those rural communities and hopefully revive the the main street buildings that you see beaten down or, or things like that. So I think that's a really cool mission. And he does it in a very different way than typical entrepreneurship programs. So some of my favorite stories are those like hands-on experiences that I've already shared. But it, more than that, the staff that works for Angler are mentors. They're not professors or teachers. Well, they are technically, but it feels more like a mentor. You know, my senior year, instead of having a class for one of my last credits for the minor, I met with one of the mentors every week to talk about what business issues I'm having Um wins all of that and then you kind of have somebody to go through and carry you through those hard times and learning times and people who have gone through it too.
0: I think you talked about when you were a senior in high school that you maybe did an like an interview to get admitted into the angler program. Hannah how did you first learn about the angler program and know that that was something that you wanted to be a part of?
1: Yeah my dad had heard of the program through I think just other people within the ag industry being in it maybe you saw something on Facebook or something along those lines. But I interviewed for a scholarship for the Angler program. So that's something else that they are extremely helpful with is, um, i trying to remember the exact statistic, but I think they give out around $600,000 in scholarships to Angler students every year. So um, there is a renewable scholarship there that basically pays for your college, if you receive that scholarship, which is awesome. And the idea behind that is, is if you are not having to work um, a typical college job during your time at college, that frees up your time to really dedicate it towards your entrepreneurial endeavor. And so uh, luckily I was fortunate enough to get one of those scholarships, which really, I think made a huge impact on my ability to start Oak Barn Beef. And I know it has for a lot of my peers as well. So awesome opportunity for incoming students or college students at the University of Nebraska already.
0: Definitely sounds like you said something for, for those students or individuals who are getting ready to attend college to look into if they have, you know, a desire or a dream to build their own business. Sounds like a great program
1: it is highly recommend.
0: Awesome. Well, starting a business is certainly a challenging endeavor, regardless of age. And and you kind of talked about that a little bit, and obviously you grew up involved in the cattle industry. So that was something you were familiar with, but how did you take on the learning curve associated with determining like how to price your product and market the business or store and ship meat to customers across the U S how did you go about learning all of those things that are critical to the success of your business, Oak Barn Beef Hannah?
1: I think the beginning learning curve was one of the hardest parts just because I did know the live cattle side, but I didn't know, I barely knew anything about like the butchering process or working with the butcher or anything after that. So marketing um, as an animal science major, that wasn't something that I really learned a lot in. And then like just the logistics of storing and shipping meat was a lot to think about in the beginning. And what I started doing was just Luckily, I had my dad there with me for for a lot of the beginning parts who had been through some of that and helped me learn that. But when I realized I wanted to take a step further than that, I started researching companies all over the U.S. who were doing Basically, the same thing I wanted to do, which is selling family farm raised meat directly to consumers across the U.S. and educating about agriculture, too. And I found a account on Instagram who was basically my dream business. So it's called Five Mary's Farms and it's in Northern California. And they shipped their beef, pork and lamb across the United States, they held retreats out on their ranch so that people could come see like ranch life and they called it glamping like glam camping so it was like a fancy retreat still on their ranch. And then on top of that all of their marketing was through Instagram so They really focused on like just sharing those day-to-day things on the farm and ranch and and explaining some of those processes for people who are interested. So when I found this business, I knew it would be essential for me to learn from them if I wanted to um, really make Oak Barn Beef thrive. And I wrote the owners, Brian and Mary Heffernan, a letter asking me or asking them if I could move out to the ranch for the summer of 2018 and be their intern. And graciously they accepted, which (laughs) I don't know if I would do the same, just a random letter from a Nebraska girl asking, but, um, and I was able to move out there for the summer and they taught me a lot of things, especially about like the shipping and storage of the meat and everything that was huge. I learned a lot of like pricing your product and marketing the business, a lot of those things. And then when I got back from that internship is when I really pivoted to the business model that we run now, which is those smaller bundles and shipping mostly. And that was a great experience and still learning every day, but that gave me a huge step up and I really appreciate that that they helped me out like that too.
0: Yeah, that is really neat to hear you talk about that, just reaching out to them and um, having that experience and how you were able to learn that that's really neat. And and I think a testament to the ag industry and, and a lot of the people who represent agriculture, just that willingness to share what they have going on and to teach others and just help you learn the things that you needed to or wanted to. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah, it was a great
0: experience. How has Oak Barn Beef changed and evolved since you first started then, Hannah?
1: So at first we were selling mostly like quarters, holes and halves, like a lot of ranchers are doing. And that was great. But when we, when I decided I wanted to more like put a face to the farmer and do that direct to consumer and education aspect, those people would normally live in the cities and don't have a giant deep freeze that can fit a whole beef. So we, um, when my dad and I were still doing it together, we broke it down to a 1 16th of a beef and started selling those packages and weren't shipping or anything. And then as that evolved, then went to our model now, which has beef bundles, which are about 12 to 25 pound packages with a variety of different cuts and then selling individual cuts as well and mostly shipping. Across the U.S. for that, we've shipped to all 50 states, which I was really excited about hitting. And then we also do the whole halves, and quarters still locally, but definitely our main business model is more towards that other way. And then in addition to that, we have a subscription box as well, so customers can get beef to their doorstep once a month or every two months, every three months, or every four months. So that's really taken off uh, recently, so that's been a fun new learning experience.
0: That's really neat too. Like you talked about people in urban areas don't typically have a giant deep freeze. Like many of us in the ag industry grew up doing, like being able to walk down to the freezer and just take whatever cut of beef you wanted from the freezer. And so I really like the idea of the subscription boxes and and just being able to, like you said, provide that beef consistently to those customers and and have them be able to experience that as well.
1: Yeah. It's been, it basically took off when COVID started. So um, just to give you an example when we started 2020 we had seven subscribers so it really wasn't picking up too much and I was still trying to tweak it a lot to be more of interest for customers and we got up to 90 subscribers at one point and that was all during COVID and I think one reason was because stores were selling out so much in in the um, urban areas but also I wasn't pre-selling any of the bundles that we had. So I didn't feel confident enough that we would exactly get that amount back from the butchers to, I, you know, I didn't know if we were going to get like 17 ribeyes or 16. So trying to pre-sell individual cuts in those individual bundles was really difficult. So I pushed our subscription box, which has some flexibility for, the actual cuts. And so that was the only way people could pre-sell. So that's been a really interesting curve of seeing that growth and trying to figure out those processes. Because going from seven subscribers to 90 was huge difference maker. in not only like shipping wise, but trying to figure out those processes to make it more even more automatic and manual and better for the customers at those points. Cause I couldn't be talking to every single one of them at those, at that point. So that was interesting for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. COVID has definitely impacted a lot of businesses and, and people personally and professionally in 2020. It's interesting to hear how you were able to pivot and adapt to that. Because like you said, we saw grocery stores not having that meat on the shelves, but we also saw a lot of farmers and ranchers trying to provide beef to consumers as well. And you were already in a good position uh, to kind of be able to do that. So that's really neat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's been a cool change to see two of uh, an uptick in selling direct to consumer.
0: Did your business have to adapt to any other challenges that COVID may have thrown your way, Hannah?
1: The biggest challenge
0: has been with
1: butchering right now for the locker that I was using. They, I could call ahead about two weeks in advance and get butcher appointments. Um, and now they are booked out to they've been booked to July 2021 for the past at least six months. So uh, that was a big change. And luckily, as I heard butchers were filling up, I made some appointments. But that's I. I. Wish I could have kept up with demand more by having more butcher appointments, but it just wasn't possible at that point to change anything. And then they also had stopped doing a lot of like the specialty cuts. So um, I usually have like stew meat, fajita meat, kebab meat, ground beef patties, beef jerky, beef sticks, and they had stopped doing all of those at that time too basically just get more cattle in and help out more ranchers. And I understand that and admire that, but it, it, it was really difficult to not have those ones. And um, obviously the, when those cuts aren't being made, that really makes an uptick in the amount of ground beef you get back to. So that's been a challenge to manage that quantity where I had it pretty well managed before. So I'm still working through some of those things, but I started working with another butcher too, and they are able to cut Those specific cuts still. So that has helped uh, recently too.
0: I am just thinking, you know, for anyone who has been in business for an extended period of time, COVID was probably a challenge. But for someone who just, you know, your business is, is relatively very new, what a learning experience for you, Hannah, to have to kind of navigate through all of this as a, as a young entrepreneur and a, and a relatively new business owner, I'm sure you've learned a lot of valuable things this year that will carry you far in the future.
1: Absolutely. It's been definitely, I'm I'm very grateful for all of the new customers it has brought us, but it was also a really big challenge to not only figure out like how to manage the uptick and, and then on top of all the other things too. So yeah, grateful for the positive impact, but and the lessons learned.
0: One other change that you experienced this year was that you recently moved the business to West Point, Nebraska, which is your fiance's hometown. How was the experience moving the business? And you know, you talked a little bit about lockers and, and the locker plants. Did you have to find new processes for your beef and, and how did that experience look?
1: Yeah. So that was a big change um, in the midst of COVID. So I actually graduated from the University of Nebraska in May of this year too. So through COVID, all of that going on, finishing college online. And then uh, right after, or we got engaged, I think it was March. And so after that I had moved to West Point. So it was a lot going on at one time, but it was the moving experience went fairly well, but it felt like starting a new business almost. So trying to figure out all of those logistical things. Again, um, the biggest thing was trying to build a walk-in freezer in West Point. I had a small one on at my parents' house, which is about two hours away. So that was reasonable for the, the fact that I could commute for shipping days until that freezer was built in West Point and my fiance, Eric, had built the whole freezer. We found a walk-in freezer out of a pump and pantry that went out of business, and we purchased it off of Craigslist. And so then, Eric had to make a lot of alterations with that and his parents have been gracious enough to let us put it on their farm too. So a big process, big change for that. As we changed figuring out like shipping and and the different distances and the maps and where to get dry ice, where to take our beef for the butcher and all of that has been like starting a
0: new business. So 2020 has been certainly like in addition to COVID moving your business. um, I'm sure you're looking forward to maybe a little bit of a a less intense learning year next year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a year
1: of growth. Hopefully. Yes. Just focusing on figuring out some of those processes that and making it more efficient and a uh, little more of less of the like actual. I'm trying to think of the word I'm thinking of. Um more like technical processes and and more planning for the business and 2021 is the plan.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I noticed on one of your recent social media posts you mentioned including a handwritten note in every box of beef that you pack for your customers or that that's a goal. Um as someone who also enjoys sending notes and thank you cards, I think it's a really neat touch that you add to each package. And I'm sure it's just one of the many ways that you let your customers know that they're appreciated. Why is going that extra step for your customers a priority, Hannah?
1: I think oak barn beef is more of an experience than just an exchange of a beef product. So I try to make that experience the best possible one that we we can. So the handwritten notes, I think people really appreciate just because in this big business world, you're not used to that anymore. So by knowing your farmer and knowing they're writing, writing a note in each box for you is is pretty cool. And then if I'm not able to write in every box and I normally do like a joke of the month, which are very cheesy, just random cattle jokes at this point, but uh, people have really enjoyed that too just extra step, I think it really makes a difference from people buying beef from a grocery store. And my hope is that they have friends over after COVID and are grilling steaks and get to tell them all about how excited they are that they buy from um, a young woman out of Nebraska who raises their beef for them. So that's, that's the ultimate goal and addition to that, I, I really like to think of when they receive their box as like it's it's a gift for them and they exciting when they open it and in what ways can I make that experience the best possible way.
0: We talked about this a little bit too earlier on in, in our conversation, but you have prioritized that transparency and connecting with consumers on social media and being very transparent about yourself and the cattle um, and your business. Can you share one of your favorite experiences that you've had connecting with a consumer as part of your business?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the best one has been I had connected with somebody over like digitally and um, they lived in Georgia and were moving to Alaska because they were a part of the Coast Guard and her daughter and husband like dream of owning a farm like they had their backyard chickens in Georgia, just loved it. And they made a special trip out of their way to come to West Point so that they could see the cattle and kind of our, our farm and they absolutely loved it. And that's probably been one of my favorites, just because it was a, it turned from a digital interaction to like in life interaction and it was just so fun to teach them and,
0: and have them out. That's neat. And like you said, in the work that you do, a lot of it is digitally. And so to be able to put that face to the customer, I'm sure it was just a very memorable experience for you. That's
1: yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably you. Um, one, I do like doing like digital and in, in e-commerce and everything, but sometimes just having that actual human interaction is just, it, it really tops it all off. So I love those experiences.
0: So the name of the podcast is Trailblazing in Agriculture, and there's certainly no denying that you're a trailblazer yourself and that you're doing remarkable things for the ag and beef industries. And it's been so fun to hear you talk about Oak Barn Beef, and I'm just excited to continue to watch as your business grows and evolves over, you know, over the next few years. That said, I'm curious who has been a trailblazer in your own life, someone who you admire and who has inspired you to chase your dreams, Hannah?
1: I feel like there's so many. The biggest ones who have been with me my whole life are my parents. They they're entrepreneurs themselves, and I've really seen them have that grit in in chasing their dreams and making it all happen, which is probably the first thing that has impacted me. And then I'd say like the Angler program has had that second impact, who has really inspired me to to chase my dreams and. Dr. Tom Field, who is the director of the Angler program, is one of the biggest inspirations for that. And he really pushes every student to to achieve those dreams so he's been a great mentor to have
0: it's amazing what we can achieve if when we have those people in our lives who are supporting us and cheering us on and and believing in our dreams sometimes even more than we do ourselves
1: absolutely you need those people otherwise it's not going to last long in my opinion i've had a lot of of those days where you're thinking is this even worth it and those people bring you back to reality and and really help you push through So, and meet those people.
0: What advice do you have for someone, Hannah, young or old, who is looking to take that leap of faith and start their own business?
1: The best thing to do is just, So you're not ever going to learn everything before you're actually doing it. So if you can learn as you go, that's the best thing that's going to happen because you're not going to realize all of the things that are going to happen until you're actually doing it. Whether that first step is starting a Facebook page for your business or if you want to sell beef, selling like five beef a year or something like that, just start doing it and you'll learn so much as you go. And then for younger people, don't wait until until you're all the way ready. Just start it now.
0: I really do appreciate you taking time to share about Oak Barn Beef and how that business has started and evolved um, and some of the things that you've learned. And like I said, um, you're definitely a trailblazer and I'm honored to be able to feature you on the podcast. So thank you so much, Hannah.
1: Thank you for having me on, Jesse. It's been really fun to talk to you and I'm so grateful you reached out.
0: Are you feeling inspired to set some new personal or professional goals for 2021? I know I am. It was so fun to visit with Hannah. She's a young trailblazer with a bright future. Whatever goals you have set for the next year, just remember that with passion, hard work, and determination, you can accomplish big things. And don't get discouraged when you face setbacks or encounter challenges. They are a normal part of the process. Thanks again for joining me for today's episode of Trailblazing in Agriculture featuring Hannah Esch. Join us again next time as we highlight more trailblazing women in agriculture.